0: Hello and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. This week we're talking to Anna Glynn about optimism. That's definitely an attitude we have here at Magical Learning, but what an amazing conversation. Anna breaks down some of the benefits of it, what are some tactics to improve our overall optimism and a lot more. So enjoy and as always, have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for today. As you can see, we, it's amazing. We've got a guest. It's going to be an awesome podcast. But before we get to them and before we check in, let's see how the team is going. So I might start with you, Graham. How are you going uh, this week?
1: Cheers. Uh, it's Tuesday. How how can a day get any better than a Tuesday? Unless it's a Monday. I'm really well. Thank you. Uh, yeah, weather's starting to warm up. Um, some of our reptilian fans are probably waking up thinking, oh, my gun, so high to Graham out on the veranda. But uh, I'm, I'm good at the moment. Thank you. It's good to be here.
0: No worries. Hopefully, it's uh, we don't get any snakes for a little while for you guys. Fingers crossed. Uh, Al, how are you going this week?
2: I'm going great, Jez. I got out on the water with a new friend the other day, and we paddled for quite a while, and our legs were getting a bit stiff and sore, so we pulled up and hung our feet over the side. And I was telling him about how people worry about the sharks. And he poked the bottom of my foot with his oar. Well, he got a very good reaction.
0: <laughs> great, great jokes love,
1: love there. You know.
0: So would that be an
1: ex-friend now, Al? <laughs>
2: Well, my girls tell me that he's just like me, drone, so I guess I kind of had to expect that. I thought that was a pretty good joke. Even his wife said he was in bed that night still laughing.
0: <laughs> you could say he has an awful sense of humour. Anyway, Danette, how are you going this week?
3: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I'm going really well, thanks, Jez. Um, I actually got out on the mower yesterday, so hooning around on the ride on mower, and So if the snakes are out, they've got less things to hide in. So that's good too. (laughs) How are you, Jez?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I've just been uh, working, doing some different work bits and pieces. I pulled my back at the gym, so that's been frustrating. Um, But I did also online, I wanted to test this out. I've got an embroidery kit, so I'm going to try doing some embroidery. We'll see how that goes. Could be interesting.
3: Yeah. We'll have to Um, share.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Once I've done something on it, it only came today, but once I've done something on it, I'll reveal on the Magical Learning Podcast. Um, And Anna, how are you going this week?
4: Yeah, very good. Thank you, Jess. You know, in the theme of uh, Australiana, you know, I'm off to Queensland next week. So I guess better look out for the drop bears. If we're all talking about snakes and sharks, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, conscious conscious of what might fall out of those trees.
3: <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And don't go swimming with Al's friend. You know, you never know what kind of pranks he's gonna
2: <laughs> pull. <laughs>
1: and and oh. for those those who may be listening um, from other hemispheres or countries, um, regarding the drop bears, yes, they are real. Just Google it.
2: Very In fact, real. Jess,
1: Jess, there'd be a YouTube video somewhere, wouldn't there, of, of drop bears? I'm pretty sure.
0: I mean, probably only a million, given how dangerous they are. Um, so
1: yeah, <laughs> you know. it'd be worse than cats and cucumbers. Yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> um, well, uh, luckily today we're very lucky to be joined by Anna Glynn. So, Anna, thank you so much for being on the Magical Learning Podcast. We're so happy to have you on. Would you like to maybe tell people that might be being introduced to you for the first time a little bit about yourself?
4: Yeah, sure. And thank you for having me all. Um, it's lovely to meet you all and be sharing and chatting with uh, some of your listeners as well so um, I am a speaker soon to be author and coach on thriving workplaces so I work with individuals teams and leaders and I'm really focused on three things predominantly so how do we help teams cope well with our incredibly challenging environment that we have around us how do we also get our teams to thrive? So how do we get them to be at their best? And then also, you know, over the last couple of years, I've been focused a lot on how do we create these cultures that retain and attract uh, quality talent as well?
0: Amazing, amazing! So it's going to be a three pronged approach to this amazing topic. Now we have, you know, um, for people that have are listening for the first time, we throw the topic to our guests, so we let the guests pick our topic, and this was a really, really interesting one. I loved it because sometimes they're quite specific. Uh, this one is so broad, and so I'm so excited to get into it. So, what was the topic, and tell us about why you chose it.
4: So the topic I threw back to you guys was all around optimism. Now, optimism, I guess, is one of those things that we do speak about. We kind of know all, you know, what it is, um, but we probably don't understand it to a great detail and not entirely across what are the benefits. And there's a lot. So in my own studies, when I was trying to work out, well, what help teams to be at their best, um, what I've found specifically with customer-facing teams, so anyone that is working with clients, which is probably going to be the vast majority of people in some way, shape or form, um, and also people that are in sales, they one of the key characteristics of their success is actually optimism. So when I found that out, I was um, yeah, very excited to learn more and obviously share that with more groups as well.
0: Amazing. Well, I definitely think it's something that, you know, uh, we love optimism here at Magical Learning. Um, and so I think it's an amazing conversation. So I think without further ado, let's get into it. So Jeanette, your question teased us off really nicely. So what was your question?
3: Nice. And and I've got two questions because I just love
4: questions. So my first one is, how do you define optimism? Mm, good one. So as I said, most people, um have a bit of a grasp about what optimism is. And when I ask my audiences that, you know, they often um, default back to that kind of, is the glass half full or half empty concept? And that is a good way to kind of describe what optimism is. But as I said, it can be, uh, you know, it is much deeper than that. But it actually does have a lot to do with the way that we do think. And as we know, our thoughts have a big impact on what we do and then how we feel as a result. So optimism is the belief that the future will be brighter. So we do think that, you know, um, good days are coming. And because of the way that we think in that light, we actually act differently. And then we tend to experience different emotions as a result. And that's why optimists typically achieve better different results compared to, let's say our pessimist friends.
3: That is fascinating. Mm. So my next question is, um, why is it important to develop optimism? So you shared a little bit there.
4: What else are some
3: of those benefits?
4: I think what I've learned um, a lot about optimism is that people tend to achieve more when they're more optimistic. Okay. So as we said, because of the way they think, they act differently and then they feel differently. But what tends to happen is that because we are more optimistic in our thinking, we actually put more effort in the present. So we actually try harder. We're less likely to give up when things get tough. So that means we actually achieve more over the long term. But what it also um, means is that we are more likely to be resilient because we actually, you know, see those challenges and see them as opportunities. So optimism can actually be what gets us through tough times. What we also know about optimists is that they tend to have greater uh, networks around them. Because optimists are like magnets. They're actually people that we're drawn and attracted to because they tend to be more energetic, they're more positive, they're actually like more joyful to be around. So we find that optimists actually have really great long-lasting relationships. Because they're more energetic, they're more positive, positive, they're happier, they're actually less stressed, they have better well-being. And studies have also found that they're less likely to experience things like mental illness, um, you know, including depression as well. What I also know about optimism and the benefits are quite lengthy is that uh, optimists tend to achieve better grades. So at school or university. So in the actual formal studies, they perform better at sports as well. So that kind of makes sense. But also, as I said in the beginning, when I was doing my research in sales teams, is that people um, in specific professions that are more optimistic tend to be more successful as well. So a lot of amazing benefits that come from optimism.
3: And I love this topic. I'm definitely glass three quarters and overflowing. So awesome. Thank you
0: awesome thank you both uh, a great question there to tee us off there i might throw it at, um graham now so graham what was your question tell us about why you chose it
1: i'm i'm not feeling optimistic about this question now um and i've realized Anna, thanks for so in sharing your answer to Donette's questions i have realized that now i understand why danette is so much a glass overflowing person um despite the fact that I'm here. So, I, I'm just going to get go down the rabbit hole of happiness and optimism and what's the difference between those? Because um, there's there's been a lot of, well, there's been a number of books and a lot of research done around this idea that when we choose to be happy, which I, I guess is also sort of partly that optimistic thing, you know, the future, it looks brighter, whatever it happens to be, that our brain tends to work better and we get better results. My question... What <laughs> was oh, I do this all the time? What's one simple tactic um that we could employ to improve their overall optimism? So, sorry, so for example, for me, the one thing that came to mind answering my own question, which is really rude, I'm sorry, was stop following crap football teams.
4: Oh. But then you can't, Graham, because you're optimistic, so you persist with them. I'm a, oh, not, I'm not.
1: I'm not Anna. Sorry, not anyway. And I know you're in Melbourne, so it doesn't. It doesn't quite translate. But I happen to follow a team in Sydney, and Jess understands my pain. Anyway, I'll stop. Uh, one simple tactic to improve our overall optimism.
4: <laughs> Very good. All right, we won't go down the AF- AFL or football um, path then. But I'm. I'm a bit like you, Graham. So you know, you read a lot of the benefits of why yeah being happier or more optimistic is a good thing. But I'm very practical and very simple. I'm like, tell me how, like, how do I actually go and do this? And this is what I like to teach. So I guess the really good news is that the researchers have uncovered the ways that we can all learn to be more optimistic. And there are some really practical things that we can do. So one of my favorites is focused on gratitude. So how do we actually become more grateful um, in our lives? So gratitude, um, yes, absolutely improves optimism. But coming back to your earlier point, it's also something that helps us be happier and have greater well-being as well. So lots of benefits to it. From a really simple, practical way how we can all be more grateful, there's a um, great activity out there called Three Good Things, now, some of you may have heard of this. Um, you know, I know a lot of our children are learning about this in schools. We hear some of our key sports players talking about it. Um, even people like Dusty Martin is, um, you know, a faithful uh, 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 a person that's committed to this. But this is something that we can all do in a myriad of different ways throughout our days. So, one of the ways I love to do it is to capture it on my commute on the way home from the office. So, what the activity asks you to do is write down three things that have happened to you during the day that you're grateful for. And you need to write them down. And the next day you complete the same activity, but you have to think of three different things. So they can't be the same. And you have to do this over time. So it has to be um, consistent and it has to be something that you do over a longer period of time to experience those benefits. Now, as I said, I did it on my commute on the way home when I used to commute to the office, but it's also something that you can do around the dinner table with your family or your loved ones. And also I know a lot of people that do it as the last thing they do um, before they go to sleep because that's actually a way of calming yourself and de-stressing from the day. Yeah. And again, the research has found that you actually sleep better over time um, from doing it as well.
1: Nice. I love that. Thank you. The uh, it, it reminded me of a speaking out of um, school here. We had a um, a rule in uh, in our family when and when you said three good things I actually noticed Jazz sort of started twitching because um, we had a rule back when our kids were much younger that if one of them said something not nice about one of their siblings they had to immediately say three nice things um, and I think the record, I think it was 27 nice things because yeah, you know, they sell to multiply if you continue to say bad things. But uh, I do like, I love the idea of the the gratitude because um, it does shift us into a better state.
4: Yeah, and that's and that's it, Graham. So um, even though it, it makes a lot of sense for us to do it, we all want to be more grateful. It actually takes a mindset shift because we have to overcome things like your negativity bias to actually start to look for the things in your world that you're grateful for and that are good, as opposed to focusing on the bad things and all the things that you don't have in your lives.
1: Yep. So so obviously there's a, an aspect of um, self-awareness in all of this as well.
4: Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the first steps is steps. understanding, yeah, where where you're at, Um, even from an optimism perspective, um, but certainly, yeah, from, you know, how grateful you are or how much more grateful you may be.
1: Brilliant. Love it. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Mm, a great
0: tip and uh actually we i think we were discussing gratitude on last week's podcast with dr robin so it's you know it's a little connecting tissue from these two episodes that's very exciting it's great um obviously has a lot of huge impact so it's a really important thing to uh sort of curate and make sure it's working for you so that's awesome thank you for that anna um alan let's go to you what was your question and why'd you pick it
2: Um, Adam, my question is, is there a way to encourage others to be more optimistic towards our ideas? And I guess that's come from that idea of all in the tribe together, we'll do the same thing. If somebody gets a little bit optimistic that we can do something differently, the tribe wants to pull us all back in. I was wondering if you had any ideas of how to sort of break free from the tribe but maybe get the tribe to support us.
4: So I think this is, um, you know, one of those, uh, I guess, actions that we need to think about as leaders, because as leaders, we do want our leaders to be optimistic. And so how can we get them to be optimistic towards our ideas or the way forward that, um, you know, we're trying to achieve. So I think what we need to do is obviously outline to our our people, like how the future will be better because of that idea. Um, But as part of that, we can't dismiss any challenges that might get in the way. Okay, so if this change or this idea actually requires us to shift or to maybe overcome some hurdles, we need to make sure that we can help our teams or the others actually find solutions to those. So how can we actually give them resources to be able to overcome their hurdles? Um, Or how do we actually make sure that we've given thought to any risks that might come about and how we might mitigate them? So I think as a way of encouraging people, because it's probably about actually trying to influence them to change in some way. Um, We need to encourage them to keep going towards our better future um, and acknowledging that it will be messy, that there will be bumps along the way, but we will be able to get through them.
2: What I'm hearing there is be optimistic that they can change and, and we can help support them through that change.
4: That, yeah, that's, that's absolutely part of it. So I think that relates back to that growth mindset. So seeing as challenges and knockbacks and setbacks is actually opportunities to learn and to grow in some way, knowing that that growth and development will actually help us in the future when we face other challenges as well. Absolutely.
2: Thanks, Anna
0: yeah um I I totally agree with that uh, sometimes I do some stand up and I feel like you've got to be optimistic at the beginning um, because there is a lot of dead silence there. Um, so um, right, well I might jump into my question here. Um, so my question was, uh, do you think there's an, a healthy or unhealthy amount of optimism or pessimism? are there signs you might be unhealthy in either way? And I was wondering, you know, because there might be a healthy amount of pessimism as well. I know that's not exactly the topic, but, you know, there's sort of a yin-yang of each other. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Oh, uh, absolutely, Jez. Like there is, unfortunately, like all good things, there is sort of that unhealthy side to something that is is still quite good. Um, so I guess when we think about people that are really overly optimistic, so they're at that, like, you know, that right, far right end of the spectrum, Um, These are the people that are probably seeing rainbows and butterflies everywhere, right? Like everything is just beautiful and wonderful. Um, And they're probably dismissing the challenges that are actually existing within our environments. So when we talk about people that are overly optimistic, um, sometimes we like to remind them of Pollyanna. So some of us on on the line will remember Pollyanna, um, the red-haired, freckle faced girl. So she was one of those overly optimistic types and was trying to bring everyone along on her journey. So being too optimistic, um, what we know is that this can give us that false sense of security um, and where we don't actually acknowledge potential risks. So this is something that's quite common in smokers and gamblers. We see this like, I see the risk, but it won't happen to me. Okay, so it's that idea of like, yeah, yeah, okay, but no, it's not going to happen, happen to me. From a workplace perspective, um, being too optimistic can actually mean that we don't put enough effort into planning. So not thinking about the challenges, what's involved, what are the hurdles we might come across and what resources we actually might need. So being too optimistic can certainly um, have its limitations there. Personally, I've seen optimism as a strategy backfire for a leader. So if we rewind to sort of the height of the pandemic in Melbourne, Times were pretty dire. It was pretty tough out there. And I was told of a sales leader who was walking around um, to their teams and just saying, no, we're still going to hit our targets. There's no need to change them. We're going to achieve everything that we set out at the start of the year and not at all acknowledging the tough um, environment that we were in. So that completely backfired for them because their teams all of a sudden, you know, He lost a lot of credibility and respect. And also what happened as a result is psychological safety was diminished because the team was struggling, yet they didn't feel like they could actually own up to those struggles or acknowledge them because they had this leader that was standing around and going, no, no, everything's fine. So he really uh, needed a bit of a reality check there. So definitely um, too much optimism can be harmful. Now, we we need to look at the flip side of that as well. Okay, so it's not to when we talk about optimism being great, we're not um, denying pessimism and the benefits that it does have. So again, when I've looked at uh, studies and the research, we know that pessimism is actually important in roles like law, um, engineering, and obviously anyone in sort of those risk and compliance type roles, because these are the teams that actually have to focus on what could go wrong? What, what, what are the risks here? So when I work with those sort of teams, we talk about the fact they need to be pessimists when it comes to their work, but they actually need to be optimists in the other aspects of their lives. That's because, unfortunately, pessimism, you know, can lead to more stress. It can decrease our wellbeing and it can be a detractor for our, our mental health as well. So I like to talk about um, realistic optimism So it's basically a really good dose of optimism with just like a splash of pessimism mixed in. So we're hopeful about the future. We're positive about it, but we are very aware of our current reality and the risks and roadblocks that might come up. But we probably have the foresight to try and think about ways to overcome them.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes so much sense, especially with what you're talking about. With that sort of, if you're if you have that unbridled optimism, then you're just going to miss huge things that could come your way. But with the with enough of that pessimism, it gives you. Like almost a clearer path because the risks have already been sort of mitigated so everyone can kind of keep a lot of momentum going forward so I think that's really that's a great way to look at it thanks so much Anna um all right well uh I think we've kind of done Kanika's question uh which is around the benefits of optimism um did you have anything else you kind of wanted to talk about there Anna?
4: I think I did cover them in uh, Danette's question, but I do love, there's a great saying out there um, from Chris Peterson, who was a brilliant researcher, and he likens optimism to Velcro. And I love that because he says that optimism is like Velcro, it's something to which everything sticks. So it's a good way to think about the benefits of optimism (laughs) in that light
0: that's awesome I love it Um, all right well let's uh let's jump into this one Uh, this is a actually a great follow-up question I guess kind of from my question from Allegra which is what is a story from your life that demonstrates the benefits of optimism in a workplace we've talked about potentially the negatives if someone's too optimistic there but what is a story from your life that demonstrates the benefits of optimism in the workplace yes
4: another great question Jez thank you so this scenario I've seen play out quite a few times. So certainly um, when I was leading sales teams, but then with the teams that I work with as well. I'm sure some of you will resonate with it um, when, I, when I share it. So what I found is that when um, we have a sales team or someone that is responsible for sales in some way, you typically find that there's, there's different individuals on your team. So if I take you through sort of a scenario, um, let's use the example of a team who are on the phone and they sell insurance to to clients. So they're part of um, a customer sales team. So as a leader, you will have people on your team that tend to try harder um, as opposed to some that probably tend to give up a little bit easier. Now, making sales calls to prospects is a pretty tough gig. I know it's something that I I wouldn't be able to do. Um, It is very, very tough. So what you might notice is that um, you'll have people on your team that have their long list of prospects to call. So let's say there's 100 on the list and they will work through it. And they might get close to the 100 or they might not. But along the way, as they face rejections, which is common because they're in sales, you'll notice that their their motivation tends to wane. So it starts to decrease um, and they probably get less energetic and they're they're less um, motivated as well. Over that time, they're probably starting to doubt their abilities. They're probably starting to have thoughts like, I can't do this. We don't have a great product. I'm never going to be able to get a sale. I may as well just give up. And so they tend to give up. But other members of your team are different. OK, so as they work through their similar lists, they have their calls of people, um, you know, to approach despite the rejections that they also face. Because, again, that is common when you're in sales, they have that thinking that if it's not this sale, it's the next one or it's the one after. And so they keep persevering. So, again, coming back to the why because of the way they think, they're actually less likely to give up. So they do put in more effort. And they they tend to learn from their mistakes. So they see the rejection. They go, well, what could I do differently next time? What is it I need to improve? Can I get some help or support here from someone else? So they tend to keep making the calls. And that's the difference between the outcomes they get compared to their pessimists. So let's say the pessimists give up at 100. The optimist is going to make that 101st call. And that might be the one, okay? Because um, that's the one that they keep persevering with. So It's kind of a simple example, but I think it um, outlines a lot around the differences between those two people that you might have on your team.
0: Yeah, that's a, a great example. Makes so much sense when you think about it. they they're yeah. I think they yeah. They're not getting disheartened by it. It's a you know a, they're seeing it as a learning thing. That's so uh, good. Thank you for that, Anna. Um, let's jump into Mark's question now, which is how can we help our team slash workmates be more optimistic in the work environment?
4: Ah, very good. So I think with this one, um, like any change you know, there's so much that an individual can do, right? So we want to be more optimistic. And as I said, researchers have uncovered all the different ways or different practices, different thought processes processes that we can undertake to be more optimistic. Um, but like with anything, we actually need to think about the system to which we belong. So what is the environment that we're creating that breeds optimism? Or what are our leaders doing to help boost optimism? Because there's so much we can do, but we need our whole system to support us to be optimistic. So I look at the system um, according to the me, we, us framework. So me, I'm going to go and do a whole lot of stuff, but there's something that needs to happen at the we level and then at the us level as well. So if we look at the us level, which is basically like our culture, it's what are the routines, the rituals, the norms, the policies, the processes that we have in our working environment that help us to be more optimistic. So this is probably about creating that learning environment where people um, do see challenges as opportunities to grow and to develop. Um, Perhaps it's an environment where they can experiment really freely, they can offer new ideas or ways of doing things without feeling like they're gonna get mocked or judged. Um, perhaps it's about having that environment where they know that even if they set out to try something and it fails, it's just a small step on the path um, to success. Um, it's about yeah, being open to mistakes that can be made and knowing um, that they they are real opportunities. So I think that's that's that sort of cultural piece that we need to put in place. But then there's certainly things that our leaders can do. So what can our leaders be doing with their teams to help them be more optimistic? So here I see um, it being about things like providing feedback. So both that positive and that constructive type. So how are people going? Um, And making it regular and in the moment, not something we just do once a year. How can we actually... Give more guidance and support to our teams, um, you know, knowing that they might need help along the way and sharing perhaps what's helped us in the past. And also something that I always um, suggest here is how do we help um, our leaders get their teams to set learning goals, not just performance goals? So not just about I'm going to hit this target, but what is it that your people want to learn? Because, again, that's a great way to actually switch on that growth mindset. I think, again, a lot of that relates back to that psychological safety piece of how do we create those environments um, where learning is welcomed, but I think that's a great way to actually boost optimism as well.
0: Mm, Such a great suggestion. We do that uh, at Magical Learning, and it is awesome uh i'm learning to embroider as we know um so um let's uh let's go around to the team now um that's been uh, so good anna all the answers have really i've got dropped down so many notes but i want to grab what um everyone else in the team got their final thoughts so i might start with you graham uh any final thoughts you had on today's conversation so
1: so many um and uh, we we need to get you back on I mean, obviously, optimism is a is a relatively small, narrow, clearly defined topic. Uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you. Um, I just sort of towards the back end there, we were talking about the me, we, us, and reminded me of um, part of the conversation we had in the podcast last week about um, how we have been led to believe that dealing with the outcome of you know strong pessimism or being in a in a negative sort of frame of mind which impacts our resilience and we tend to be a lot less positive when we're in that state so all we really need to do is just practice more self-care and then you'll be perfectly okay um but not realizing and and i'm certainly guilty of saying to a lot of people over the last decade and particularly during covid you know just look after yourself everything will be fine but it's just not that simple so the me the, the the we and us sort of part of that is that we do need to change organizations and cultures etc so that i can i can get super positive first thing in the morning Uh, in fact what i usually uh, i do the first thing i'm grateful for when i wake up literally is the fact that i woke up um yeah that's it and the second thing is that i'm not lying next to a five foot brown snake Um, because Danette's like five foot six or something she's much bigger but um thank you been brilliant really enjoyed this
0: awesome thank you graham um alan i'll go to you now any final thoughts you had on today's conversation
2: Um, yeah i really love the idea of not so much love i love the awareness around if you're in that sort of risk avoidance mode all your life you know you can just be focused on what the problems are and i love having that um awareness of yeah i agree that full optimism with pollyanna didn't work but now i've got that benchmark of yeah, optimism with a splash of pessimism.
0: But thanks, Anna. Love that. Love that. Thanks, Al. Um, Danette, any final thoughts you had on today's conversation?
3: Totally love the whole conversation. Um and the the bit about where you're overly optimistic and then dismissing challenges, dismissing the risks. I think that's actually a really important one where people are trying to G people up. But then people might be going, hang on, what about this? And it's like, no, 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 we just need to look forward. And it's like, no, all those voices need to be heard for that to be actually a really good conversation as well. So thank you and definitely want to have you back again.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we'll get you back um, when the book's coming out. We'll have you back on as a little bit of promo for that. I think that'll be awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, for me, I guess one thing that I've kind of looked at through this that kind of was interesting to me is how much optimists are magnets um and then i feel like if i'm not being as magnetic maybe i need to be a little bit more optimistic you know that might help out um but uh did you have any final thoughts anna on today's conversation and optimism
4: thank you everyone for sharing uh all those takeaways as well it's always good to hear what people resonate with um but no i very much enjoyed the conversation and i do have plenty more to to share with you around you know how teams can be at their best so would love to join uh, the conversation again.
0: Amazing, amazing. And now, Anna, some people might've been listening to this and gone, I would love to get in contact with Anna. Um, This has been amazing. So Anna, where are the best places for you, uh, for people to get in contact with you?
4: The best place to go is to my website. So that's annaglynn.com.au. You can reach out to me via the website or of course uh, via my phone um, or via email as well. I'd love to chat with anyone further.
0: Fantastic. Well, all those links are going to be in the description, so you can just go click those right now. To everybody on the call, what an amazing podcast. This was really fun. I'm feeling very optimistic. Uh, And um, to to everybody that's been listening and sharing, thank you so much. Uh, To everybody on the podcast, uh, excellent episode. And as always, have a magical week.